this is Reaching the Finish Line. And I'm your host, Callan Dix. Check out the website, www.reachingthefinishline.com. And pick up my free report. Save up to 75% what they don't want you to know. ReachingTheFinishLine.com And welcome. Today I am delighted to have Pharmacist Ben Fuchs. If you've been following us, Pharmacist Ben was our episode 9 guest. Uh, definitely happy to have him on to uh, continue to explore uh, the potential of our health and how we can maximize our health and we continue to reach the finish line through our health. Ben, welcome. Thank you, Callan. Nice to be on your show, buddy. Good. It's great to have you back. Um, so the last time we talked, Ben, we talked about a lot of things. We talked yeah, about, when was that? When was that last time? That was last year. Okay. It All was, right. It was about like May 2015. Oh, wow. A year and a half ago. Yeah. <laughs> My gosh. Where does the time go? Oh, yeah. I'll be thir- right. I'll be thirty in two months. It, it's- Are you serious? Yeah. Oh my God, you're not a kid anymore. I'm not. It oh feels my- like the older you get, the faster time goes. That's a very good point, and I can guarantee that that's true, buddy. I'm fifty six, going on fifty seven. Wow, and, and, and uh, definitely, uh, if you ever meet Ben in person, Ben does not look fifty six. Going know? on fifty seven. <laughs> uh, Ben's uh, Ben's skin, his youth, it's, it's amazing. And definitely, uh, it's definitely a place I would like to arrive to when I get his age. I hope to be that young and that uh, vibrant. Uh, so we talked last week. We talked about a lot of things. We talked about food sensitivities. Uh, we talked about basically, you know, you talk about the triangle of health. Uh, give a give a lot of suggestions. Uh, I definitely want to talk. I definitely this time want to talk about uh, a lot of the current trends right now with health. You know, as far as diseases. You know, even even helping the layman. Uh, understand what do a lot of these diseases mean. So, for example, uh, a lot of times n- nowadays, you know, you know, there's so many scientists and doctors find so many different things. They create these, 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 these words for these uh, these diseases that many people do not are not aware of. A doctor has to actually sit down and educate them, and hopefully, uh, hopefully, a doctor will follow the agenda. So, let's start with that, Ben. Hang on, hang on. Let me just say something here. What does the word doctor mean? Do you know? It means uh, it's like a teacher. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Doctors should be teachers, not prescribers, not cutters, not radiators. They should be teachers. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, it's it's sad, Ben, nowadays. You know, uh, for example, um, the, one of my recent doctor visits, I, I go into the office and literally, like, the doctor gave me about six minutes and then on to the next person. It's like, it, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, not, it's not even like sincere one-on-one time anymore right do you look you in the eye at least yeah <laughs> well, that's a plus that's a plus usually they don't even look at you look at you in the eye they just look at their charts look at the test scores and then they uh, dose you a, a pro accordingly uh, based on whatever your test scores are your numbers are yeah. you ever see that commercial for that diabetes drug they don't tell you you're going to get better or that you're going to feel better they tell you you're going to love your numbers for sure you seen that commercial? for sure that's yeah what it's about your numbers Medicine has devolved to statistics and and uh, 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 metrics and quantifications, and it's gone away from what it's supposed to be, and that's dealing with humanity, teaching people. Absolutely, and before every commercial, they have to tell you those side effects. Yeah, right. 
and there's a lot of them. And I played the story about the, when I was in pharmacy school, how we saw a movie on this this fancy new drug. Back then, it was new. It was a, supposed to revolutionize uh, the the cardiovascular health business. It was called a beta blocker. Now everybody's heard of them, but this was 1985 or so. And uh, I remember the movie was an hour long. We watched it in our pharmacology class. The movie was an uh, hour long, 15 minutes, was about how great and wonderful and uh, amazing this new drug was. It was going to revolutionize cardiovascular health. And then the last 45 minutes was some lady reading the side effects for 45 minutes. That's one after another, after another, after another. And she wasn't slow either. She's reading them fast. And that's basically what our drugs are about. And, and, and the way you know this is because when you get your drug, uh, at least at the pharmacy, when the pharmacist gets the drug, uh, there's a, a little piece of paper that comes in each box called the package insert. You ever heard of this? Yeah. Package insert. And if you ever want to know about your drug, ask the pharmacist for the package insert. If you are so brave, if, uh, if you're brave enough to want to read it, and you will be absolutely horrified by the side effects and adverse reactions associated with the most benign of pharmaceutical remedies or pharmaceutical treatments. And what I like about Ben is Ben is one of the few pharmacists that don't prescribe drugs. <laughs> I don't even like breathing them. I would wear a mask when I was counting them out. I didn't want to even breathe them. You know how you could tell how nasty a drug is? If you're taking a prescription drug, next time you take it, don't swallow it, but chew it. And let all that, all that little poison, all those poisonous molecules contact your taste buds. And if you don't throw up, you're going to get very sick. That's why people swallow their drugs because the stuff is so nasty. If you were to taste it, you probably wouldn't take them. Absolutely. So, Ben, to help people understand, uh, you know, as far as what a type of disease is, like from a layman's perspective, let, yeah. let, let's start first with that because obviously you can, you can kind of give an idea if you actually kind of take the words apart. So let, let's start with the itis. Itis just means inflammation. Okay, and That's that could be arthritis, hepatitis. Arthritis and inflammation of the joints. Pericarditis and inflammation of the pericardium. Diverticulitis, inflammation of the diverticuli. Uh, uh, name another itis. Thyroiditis, inflammation of the thyroid. Uh, bursitis and inflammation of the bursa. I-T-I-S is the Latin suffix for inflammation. And every disease, listen to me, Kayla, this is very important. Every disease, all diseases are itis diseases, whether it's in the name or not. There is no such thing as a dis-ease that does not involve inflammation. And so what we want to really be asking is, what the heck is inflammation about? Because this is really what all disease is about. And inflammation is the underlying cause of every single health challenge, chronic health challenge that, that we're dealing with. When I talk about chronic health challenges, you probably heard of the term chronic degenerative diseases, right? Yes. That's basically a euphemism for we don't know what the heck is going on and there's no solution for you. That's basically what a chronic degenerative disease is. But if you understand that all chronic degenerative diseases involve inflammation, once you figure out what inflammation is about, you can take care of the disease yourself. So I ask you, Kalen, as a health, as a as a kind of sorta pseudo healthcare professional or healthcare person, anyway, uh, <laughs> right? Yeah. What, what is inflammation? What is inflammation? First of all, excuse me. First of all, and then what is it all about? Well, in your opinion? Oh, sure. So inflammation would be uh, it, 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 well, it, it, it could be specific to a body part. It would um, uh, pertain to any type of uh, maybe, let's say, organ. Oh, no, or maybe no dancing around here. That's no, inflamed. No, no, don't give me the book report where you didn't read the book. Let me know. I want to know, in your opinion, what is inflammation? What does that mean, inflammation? Uh, uh, something that's a, a state of uh, something that's inflamed. Yeah, but what does that mean? 
something that's maybe uh, uh, aggravated, irritated. Oh, not, you're on the right track. You're not, on the right track, not, definitely. Not, Inflammation is about protection. Mm-hmm. Like when you have an inflamed ankle, you know what that looks like, right? It's all swollen. It's all puffy. It's purple maybe. It's uh-huh. warm to touch. Maybe there's some pain that's involved, right? Uh-huh. So what does that really mean? Why, is the body, why does the body create swelling, for example, just to take one, one aspect of the inflammatory process? Why does, why does the body create swelling around a broken bone or, or a sprained ligament? What, what's the purpose of that, of that swelling, that fluid? It's, like, it's the, like the defense mechanism. Right. It's a protective response, like an airbag. Uh-huh. Yeah. Inflammation can be best thought of as an airbag. Uh-huh. An airbag protects you from damage when, when you crash your car. And the inflammatory process protects a broken bone or, or, or a sprain or a strained ligament from, uh, from further damage. It's kind of like a protective response, right? right? So whenever you have an itis, you have a protective response. Simple as that. Every itis and every inflammatory health challenge, which is all of them, all the chronic ones, are protective responses. Okay, now work with me here, Kalen. Okay. If you have a protective response and you want to eliminate that protective response because it's causing a problem, What's the one question you want to ask yourself? What caused the problem? Hello, bingo. <laughs> You're now smarter than your dumb, dumbass, can I say that on the radio? Than your dummy doctor. <laughs> okay? Okay. Because your dummy doctor, he's not going to say what's causing the inflammation. He's going to give you an anti-what? Uh, anti-inflammatory. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. He'll give you a drug that will say, Okay, body, you are so stupid, and I'm a doctor, and I'm so smart. I'm just going to turn off your protective response, right? Yeah. Now you're a layperson. Do you think that's a good idea? No. It's a very bad idea, <laughs> and that's why. That's why among the most toxic of drugs, and there's a lot of toxic drugs. I don't want to say the most toxic, but certainly there's a, a wide range, a wide spectrum of toxic and adverse reactions associated with these drugs, are, are the anti-inflammatories, including Motrin and ibuprofen and even aspirin, which has a reputation for being so gentle and benign. These anti-inflammatory drugs have a serious toxicity profile and, in fact, are one of the leading causes of pharmaceutical deaths, Motrin and, uh, and aspirin. Start with a free audiobook. Go to reachingthefinishline.com and scroll to the bottom of the page to click on the Audible banner to get your free audiobook. You may not have a lot of free time, but you can definitely listen to a book on a plane, on the bus, or even while you're driving. Go to reachingthefinishline.com and scroll to the bottom of the page to click on the Audible banner to get your free audiobook. Start reaching the finish line with your free audiobook. Because the inflammatory process is the body's protective mechanism. It's not supposed to be turned off. Only a dummy medical professional or a layperson who's drank the Kool-Aid would think that this is a good idea. Now, it turns out that when there's inflammation, oftentimes there's pain because of the pressure that's associated with this swelling. It pushes against the nerves. Uh, So anti-inflammatories can also have pain-relieving properties, but pain itself is a protective mechanism. Pain is there to tell you something's wrong. Pain is there to tell you uh, that you don't want to put any more stress on that that area. Interesting. so anti-inflammatories turn off the body's protective response. Inflammation means protection. If you have an itis or you have a chronic degenerative disease, this is the most important thing I'm going to say in the next half hour that we're on the air here, uh, Kalen. If you have an itis or a chronic degenerative disease, you have an inflammatory, uh, uh, an inflammatory aspect or inflammatory response to something, 
your your uh, uh, the only question you need to be asking is what the heck is my body protecting itself from? And you will find that it's protecting itself from damage. It's protecting itself from uh, a lack of nutrition, or, a, or it's protecting itself from toxicity. It's protecting itself from some kind of a, a oxygen oxygen deficiency, and and nutritional deficiencies and oxygen deficiencies usually lead to damage. So it's protecting itself from damage or from toxicity usually, and that damage is caused by lack of oxygen or lack of nutrition. So what does that tell you? If you got a you see how we're working here. This is called troubleshooting and engineering. If you have a chronic degenerative disease, right? You have an inflammatory disease by definition. If you have an inflammatory disease, you have a protective response disease, again, by definition. If you have a protective response disease, you have a health challenge that's due to the body protecting itself, again, by definition. If the body is protecting itself and you want to eliminate that protective response or, or somehow mitigate that protective response, figure out what the heck is the body protecting itself from and you'll find either damage that is accruing from a lack of nutrition or a deficiency in oxygen or damage that's accruing from toxicity or toxicity itself. So figure out what the toxicity is and it's usually going to be sugar or something that's getting in through the digestive tract. Start to get yourself some nutrition, particularly what we call the mighty 90 essential nutrients, which are the microscopic elements, microscopic nutritional elements that every human being needs and make sure you're oxygenating correctly. And it's pretty much that simple. But you know what, Kalen? It's too simple. It's so simple that it sounds like it's it, it, it's childlike, it's childish. Yeah. But this yeah. this underscores a concept that that a, a physicist today call simplexity. Have you ever heard of that term, simplexity? No. <laughs> simplexity is a physics term that it, that refers to the simple underneath causes that underlie the most complex of phenomena. And this is true in physics. It's true in rea- all of reality, all of, of the material world, and it's true in the physical body as well. There are simple underlying phenomena that underlie the most complex of biochemical, uh, of biochemical issues. And, and really, the biochemistry of the body can get pretty complex, but from a healing perspective, you just got to return back to the simple building blocks. That is number one, make sure you're getting good nutrition. Number two, make sure you're getting plenty of oxygen. Number three, make sure you're eliminating toxicity, including sugar, digestive toxins, and carbon monoxide or carbon dioxide, and make sure that you are relaxing the body under conditions of a little bit of stress. I call that exercise, exercise and rest. That's that, as you know, Kalen, is what we call the fourfold square of health, nutriate, respirate, move, and rest. Yeah, yeah, and um, you brought up a good point because it, it's so simple, but a lot so of people, unfortunately, don't make time for it. And, <laughs> and really, <laughs> and, and, and your health is is, is obviously the, the priority when it comes to anything. You know, like uh, uh, I, there, there was an old guy that told me that uh, if you if you don't make t- if you don't if, if if you can't make time for health, then you will make time for illness. That's uh, exactly right. I know sure. who your friend is. That's very smart. <laughs> very smart. Yeah, yeah. So, 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 Bill. Even the, so, like the itises, the ulcers, like this, all that's still inflammation. That's all inflammation. I ulcers said. just means a condition. Ulcers means a condition, but itis is really where you get into the disease, the disease issues. Itis means uh, inflammation, and that's this is all chronic diseases. So even the only. Only some of them say itis at the end of it in terms of their nomenclature. They all involve inflammation. They all involve a protective response. First, 
the tissue gets damaged. It gets damaged from a lack of oxygen, uh, toxicity, or uh, lack of oxygen, toxicity, or nutritional deficiencies. Then the body responds to that damage by, uh, by uh, building an airbag, microscopic sometimes. You don't necessarily see it like you would a broken ankle or a broken bone. It's microscopic inflammation that occurs at the cell level, the invisible level. And then after the inflammatory process becomes chronic because the damage is chronic, guess what the body does? It hardens the area. It puts a grout on the area to permanently seal it off. That grout or that hardening is called fibrosis. And this is how we age and this is how we die. Yeah, we, uh, de we degenerate, we inflame, and we become fibrotic. And that's, this is, you could see the uh, accumulation of this fibrotic condition visibly when you look at an older person. The, the visible manifestations of the aging process involve this tertiary fibrosis that follows a secondary inflammation that in turn follows the initial damage. Damage, inflammation, and fibrosis. Right. What would you say, Ben, to, uh, you know, for, so, you know, as all human beings, you know, we're, we're kind of predisposed to maybe uh, genetic mishaps depending on, uh, you know, depending on who, who we're At born birth, from. Maybe. No, we're not, there's no genetic mishaps, uh, no? Kalen. Oh. No. The only genetic mishaps occur at birth, or not at birth, but in the, in the womb when the baby is being born if the mother is not nutritionally competent herself, mm -hmm. if she is hypoxic herself, mm -hmm. or if she is uh, uh, toxic herself. Mm -hmm. Or if she's not not moving her body and and re, and relaxing her body, right. if she's not following the fourfold square of health, the baby's genetics are not going to develop correctly, and that's where you run into genetic issues. Once the baby is born, the genes turn on and off like Christmas tree lights, uh -huh. based on what's happening in that in that baby or that human being's environment. Right. So this idea that we just have a genetic problem, it's in my family, blah blah blah, that's nonsense. Right. It's medical medical ignorance. And this is recognized today as we more and more as we understand the power of what's called epi, uh -huh. meaning superior to, epigenetics, transcendent to genetics, superior to genetics. So aside from that 20% or so of genes that code for eye color or hair color or, or height and some of the genes that are formed in the womb uh, responsive to nutritional deficiencies or cortisol, stress hormones in the womb, etc., uh, once the baby is born and he goes about his life, your genes turn on and off like Christmas tree lights based on what is occurring in the cell's environment, that is in our environment. Want the full episode? You can get it when you become a Prim20 Premium Radio subscriber. Go to reachingthefinishline.com forward slash buy to get your premium subscription today. Get one hour commercial free episodes, private mastermind calls with our guests, and much more. Go to reachingthefinishline.com forward slash buy to get your premium subscription for just another way to help you start reaching your finish line interesting interesting so um so for, for so a person so for example let's say bill who may be uh who, whose mother grandmother great-grandmother had um you know had a history of heart disease and let's say tommy uh whose parents never had any instances uh their their bill and tommy's um uh chances of getting heart disease you're saying is exactly the same well, no, uh, at birth, you mean? At birth, yes. No, it depends on the, the genes, what the genes are going to be like, how that baby's going to be like, the baby's predilections, preferences, mm -hmm. uh, predispositions. Those are going to depend on how the genes developed at birth. I see. In other words, the DNA itself is dependent on the mother's nutrition. 
the DNA in a, in a baby's body itself, the health of the DNA, the health of the genetics is dependent on what the mother ate. It's dependent on what the kind of nutrients the mother got, what kind of stress the, the mother is under, what kind of toxicity the mother is, is subjecting her body to. So if mother's smoking, uh, if, if, you're, if Bill's mother smokes and, and Jim, Jim's mother doesn't smoke, Bill's mother or Bill is going to be more uh, – Bill's genetics are going to be more fragile, I more see. vulnerable to disease states. So, so you no, say- it has a lot to the mother with the environment that the mother provided the developing fetus and, and it's only and it's only in that nine months that's what you're saying right? in that nine months when the I baby see. comes out when the baby comes out now his genetics are going to be now whether his genes code for inflammatory chemicals or or code for more protein or code for better fiber structure or, or code for a, a stronger bones is going to depend on what that kid eats or, or what the kid eats or what the kid uh, or the kid's oxygen status, or the kid's toxicity, or the kid's stress levels, or the kid's movement, but his genes are going to be labile. They're going to be flexible based on all of these super, uh, epigenetic factors, these epigenetic uh, control points, which we can control through and, lifestyle. And, 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 and let's get into that, Ben, as far as you know, uh, genes that turn on and off, because all through our lives, you know, sometimes a, a gene can be off and then it will turn on. And at certain, at certain points in our lives, it can go from on to off. So let's talk about kind of what triggers certain genes to Sugar. turn on and off. Sugar, for one thing. Sugar, for one thing. Uh, you know, the thoughts you think, uh-huh. the air you breathe, the water you drink, the food you eat, uh-huh. all of these will affect how the genes turn on and off. If you, if you sit there and think crappy thoughts all day, you're going to have a genetic profile that's different from somebody who thinks wonderful thoughts all day. Uh-huh. If you think crappy thoughts all day, you're going to have a genetic profile that predisposes you to illness. Uh-huh. If you think crappy thoughts all day, you're going to have a genetic profile that suppresses your immune system. If you think crappy thoughts all day, you're going to have a genetic profile that weakens your bones and muscles. If you think wonderful, peaceful thoughts all day, you're going to have a genetic profile that, that, that stimulates growth and repair, that supports the immune system, that, uh, that uh, supports healthy digestion. All of these are genetically mandated based on what you're doing in your life. Mm-hmm. This is so important because this gives us control. It does. It does. Uh, I, I, have never, I, have, I have never learned about this until about maybe uh, two years ago. The epigenetic, uh, the epigenetic components of how, we're, how our life takes shape. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Nobody tells us these things. They don't. They don't. And, and oftentimes, uh, you know, we're at, we're at the behest of the doctor. You know, you know, we definitely hope. Of course. Doctors. And now you got these genetic tests. Everybody wants you to think, oh, you take a genetic test and you'll see what your genetic profile is. That's the stupidest thing because if you take a genetic test, that tells you your genetic profile on the day you took the genetic test. Yeah. That doesn't tell you your your genes are always changing. So when you took the test, you had this genetic profile. It doesn't mean that's permanent. I had a guy call me up. He says, oh, I took my genetic test, and it says that I'm predisposed to gaining weight. Well, that's because when you took the genetic test, the genes for gaining weight were activated because of whatever you were doing in your life. That's not permanent. Uh, yeah. But, but companies like 23andMe and that are making money, there's a lot of companies now that are doing that. They want you to think that this is who you are. There's another a, a genetic issue, a genetic uh, 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 fashion or genetic trend, and that's uh, this thing called MTHFR deficiency. Have you heard of this? I haven't. It's a folic. It's an enzyme that helps your body make folic acid or, or, or process folic acid. And some people think they have this horrible genetic mutation and they can't use folic acid and they have to only use methylfolate, blah, 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 blah. Well, guess what? Your MTHFR deficiency is responsive to what's happening in your life right now. So change your life and you'll change your genetics. That should be the title of a book. Change your life, change your genes. 
Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, that's definitely a great title. And, and as far as you know, the you know, you know, certain genes come on, certain genes come off. That can you know definitely trigger things like uh, food sensitivities and food intolerances. And that's something I I, I, I do also want to kind of revisit and touch upon. We did talk about it a little bit in the last episode, episode nine, for people who want to check that out. But I definitely want to talk about it more because I because uh, because during the course uh, within within the last I would say more or less fourteen months since I had you on, Ben. Uh, we uh, we we had uh, Dr. Sarah Ballantyne uh, had her on, uh, who's the author, who's like the New York Times bestselling author of the Paleo Approach, and we had uh, she, now she said that uh, you know she 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 definitely concurs with you a lot <clears throat> when it comes to the genes, but she says that you know as far as trying to like to you know find out kind of you know what foods your body can be at peace with. I remember yeah, you. I remember you. Good. I remember you saying. I remember you saying that really the. Um, uh, I remember you saying that you know just kind of t- testing foods yourself is, yeah. is the gold standard. She yeah. said that doing like uh, like like you know like do, doing yourself as well as maybe uh, doing maybe let's say a Cyrex in conjunction with it uh, is is. I, I don't know what a Cyrex is. Tell okay, me. so so a Cyrex well. Uh, you know, it's supposed to be like better than the Alcat kind of like food sensitivity. Oh, test. it's like a test. It's like an allergy test. Well, it's it, well, it's more it's more for sensitivities, but uh, but a, a lot of different healthcare experts are saying like it's, it's like the best. It's, it's better than the Alcat, and a lot of people lazy. Are... It's lazy. <laughs> it's lazy and anti-humanity. Yeah. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. It tells you that Kaylin, you're too stupid to understand. So I'm going to do it for you. And oh, by the way. <laughs> Give me a couple hundred dollars and I'll do this Cyrex test for you because you're too stupid, Kalen. I'm going to do it for you, okay? And secondly, it's lazy because instead of the healthcare professional trying to assess symptoms and trying to speak the language of symptoms, now he has a test he can go by and then he can take the score and he can go into a book and tell you what to do. So it's a lazy shortcut for a healthcare professional and it is uh, authoritarian and anti-individual because it says to the individual, I'm the authority and I'm going to tell you what to do. I'm always suspicious when an authority says you can't do this yourself. You got to have me do a test for you. Yeah. All of a sudden, I get red, red flags go up. The job of a good healthcare professional, and you can quote me to this doctor, by the way, the job of a good healthcare professional is to get themselves out of the way, uh-huh. not to create more tests so that they can have a job, but to go help the help the individual do everything he needs to do on his own. Mm-hmm. You follow me? Yeah. So, yeah. so I'm not necessary. My job as a healthcare professional is to make myself irrelevant. Yeah. You understand? I, if I sit there and say, oh, Kalen, you got to come to me and I, I, I'm going to do this test for you. And you're going to give me some of your blood and I'm going to put it into my special Cyrex machine. And then we're going to have a special score here. And then you're going to come back and, uh, for a visit. And of course, it's going to cost you $200 a visit. And then the, the Cyrex test is going to cost you another $500. And then we're going to read the test and we're going to see what you have a problem with, what your audio, autoimmune reactivities are and what your triggers are based on the Cyrex score. Horse hockey. That's rude. That's not fair. That's mean-spirited, if you ask me. Now, great for Cyrex, who's going to make lots of money, and great for the doctors who are doing the Cyrex that's going to make lots of money. But guess who gets screwed once again? The The individual. And that's not fair. So what I say to people is eat a food, see how you feel. That's the... That's the best test there is. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Or, or yeah. see what your symptoms are. Yeah, I was going to say, but Ben, aren't there foods that possibly that you can be eating that can be causing some detriment, but you're not fully conscious of it? Become fully conscious of it. But, yes, that's true. We are unconscious of our bodies. But, that's a problem. But for example. If you, ha- 
if you have a problem with a food, uh-huh. it's going to show up somewhere. Yeah. That's it's not going to be invisible. Right. If you have a problem with a food, your body will let you know because your body is smart. It doesn't want you eating that food again. Right. Your body's not dumb. If you're eating a food that the body has a hard time with, it's going to send a message to your brain: don't eat that food again. Right. That's a that's a food you don't want to eat. So, but you're saying that, like, so so no, because I'm thinking like sometimes. Like you can be eating a food, and for example, it, it, it might not break out in your skin. You might not have a stomach ache. You, you might the not... symptoms might be subtle. Exactly. Exactly. That's fine. Then becomes then you have to become subtle. That's uh-huh. true. Sometimes the symptoms are subtle. I agree. But you know what? Eventually, they're not going to be subtle uh-huh. because the body is like that. First, it whispers. It says, "Kalen, don't eat that." And then it says, "Kalen, don't eat that." And then it says, "Kalen, I told you." not to eat that the closer <laughs> you can get to the whisper then the, the better off you're going to be and developing a body acuity developing a sense of how your body is responding to things is job number one if we want to be healthy ben as we come to a close how can people get in touch with you how can, you can people follow yeah. you all right a couple things first of all i got the radio show the bright side uh you can google pharmacist ben and, uh, and youtube get a bunch of youtubes i also have a blog at, at pharmacistben.com also, criticalhealthnews.com, and uh, you can also email me at ben, B-E-N, at ksco.com if you have questions. Always put your phone number, too, by the way. Uh, it's much easier for me to call than it is to, uh, than it is to uh, try to – I got big, fat fingers, and it's hard for me to type. Yeah, me too. I, I really can't get that, that, that smartphone thing. I have to use one of those stylus things. <laughs> Do you? I yeah. know. I... But nonetheless, Ben, hey, thanks for being our guest, Ben. Hey, good to talk to you, Cam. We'll talk again soon, buddy. Take care, man. Keep up the good work, brother. Thank you for listening. Just another great episode by Callan Diggs, best-selling author and career strategist as seen at Fast Company and Inc. Magazine. If you're not on an email list, you're missing out. Go to reachingthefinishline.com and subscribe to get all the exclusives.